Hello and welcome to this episode of the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame and it's time for a little bit of this. It's the first annual Montgomery Burns Award for Outstanding Achievement in Before we do our seventh inductee into the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame, thank you very much for listening to any of our podcasts throughout the lockdown at the moment. We hope you are well and safe. We've got loads of podcasts you can sink your teeth into at the moment. If it's the Alternative Fame episodes, if it's also uh, Ryan's Stories from the Pack series, where he's talked to numerous fans about their Wolves firsts and memories by being a fan of our club. Also, we've got Filmcast, where Andy and the gang recently did a look back of when Saturday comes. They're all in the archives. They're all where you get your usual podcasts from, from Acast, from iTunes, from Spotify, or wherever else. You can go in our back catalogue and you can find those podcasts there. And if you like what you hear and you've got iTunes, why not give us a five-star review and a submission, a comment. Um, it helps us up the iTunes chart. So if you've got a moment while you're on your phone, while you're, you're listening, uh, and if you're safe and able to do so, pop us that review. We would really appreciate it. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get down to it. It's the seventh inductee into the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. And on this episode, we are talking about this man. Stretching Forest with Benz once more. Loves to come inside. It's on his left foot. Oh, that's the pick of the bunch. The Banks family once sung about flying a kite and sending it soaring, but were they just cleverly predicting the future of one Wolves winger? From non-league to the championship, Michael Kiteley proved that not only can you cope to the dizzy heights of being further up the board game, but you can thrive in it. Welcome to this alternative Hall of Fame episode, everybody. Obviously, we're talking about Michael Kiteley. Uh, joining me on the Skype line, we've got Andy. Hello, Andy. Ahoy, hoy. And we've got Jordan as well. Hello, everyone. Uh, Michael Cartley is the seventh inductee into the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. Uh, joined Wolves initially on loan in November 2006 and then signed permanently on New Year's Day in January 2007. He was at the club for six years. First question I'll, I'll put to both of you. Jordan, I'll kick things off with you first. Initial thoughts on Michael Cartley signed. Did you at any time at that time think... This is a bit odd that we're buying, we're bringing in a, a non-league player on an emergency loan. Yeah, well, yeah, but it was ultimately it was a bit of a sign of the times as well, wasn't it? So we got quietly when, well, we, we were just coming out of that first season of McCarthy, weren't we? With the, uh, you know, when we, well, we had the Jamal Johnsons and the Rowan Ricketts, and it just seemed like a band of brothers he's put together really when he first come, and like so. Yes, it was strange that we got an emergency loan signing from Greys, but in terms of like sort of with within that time period of being a Wolves fan and that team, I suppose it wasn't so out of context, was it really? I mean, now we you know we probably want to spend like forty, fifty, sixty million pound on a player, <laughs> but actually, you know, getting a player from non-league, I mean, it was one of those things, wasn't it? It was a bit weird, it was a bit left field because you know. It, it's rare, it's you know, even rare and rarer now that you see a player jump from the non-league. Effectively, went from the non-league straight into the championship as well. There wasn't that progression where I know Jamie Vard is obviously like the the obvious player to talk about when this happened. But he sort of went from non-league and he came up the leagues with Fleetwood before he got his move to Leicester. So he sort of proved himself in the league. Whereas Kylie just like a fish out of water, just come straight in and 
yeah. But ultimately, it was a no. It was a no risk deal, wasn't it? And I don't think fan expectation was that high when we got him. But by all means, we soon knew who Michael Keitler was within about six months, didn't we? Do you remember those good times, not having any expectations, and now we just stress um, out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like to be fair, it was, yeah, it was that team, wasn't it? Like I say, and you know, I don't want to put any disrespect there, but you know, that t- that team, McCarthy's first game in charge. I'd love to see that line up because. There'd be some right names on there, to be fair. Um, it was a sign of the times, I think, and we were very much in transition. And yeah, it's um, like I say, Kitely was the first gem, I guess, of that of that McCarthy team, I guess, really. So, Andy, what were your first thoughts of Kitely signing? Yeah, very much echoing the sentiments of Jordan. To be honest, it was a player we knew nothing about. But at that point in our uh, in our illustrious history, we were just looking at players on the cheap. So it was someone who we, we hope could possibly do a job, if not, you know, try and help us a little bit. Um, but obviously he hit the ground running. He scored the winner in his second game for mm. us against QPR. So he made a, an immediate impact. And I think that the fans immediately took to him. He was called the uh, Ryan Giggs of non-league football uh, by fans of Grey's Athletic, where he came from. So it just shows you how much of a statue he had there. Uh, Jensen, in his, in his time at Wolves, in all competitions, he made 127 appearances and scored 24 goals. I'm not going to ask you to try and name all those 24 goals, but are there <laughs> any goals at all that he scored that stand out for you? Uh, Andy, I'll come to you first. The, the one that immediately springs to mind for me was when we lost to Villa at home 3-2. Mm. Um, I think that was the match he really announced that he was back to full fitness. I don't know, we'll come on to what happened shortly afterwards, but to finally see Michael Kitely flying in the Premier League, torturing defences, it was fantastic. It was his link-up with Frimpong, I remember that day. Villa couldn't cope with it at all. Yeah. And they changed tactics yeah. at half-time and, we just, and Robbie Keane came on and we just faltered. <laughs> no. Uh, Jordan, any goals for you that stand out from Kitely? Yeah, I think it was um, for me the one that stands out immediately was the the promotion season where we beat Forest one nil away. Yeah, and he scored, um, and I was there that day, and it was just yeah, it, it, it was. I think it's more so the euphoria around that goal because I thought on the day we were pretty shit actually, um, but he, if I remember rightly, he took his goal really well, and we were sort of doing the waltzing of stumbling a little bit at that point as well so it was such a big win and such a big goal and uh, such a huge relief that's the one that always comes to my mind when I think of Kitely. Um in terms of goals anyway most definitely that one sticks out for me because people talk about obviously the derby game when we, we scored in the last minute with Keogh but obviously the Kitely goal is probably just as key because you kind of wonder where I presume we probably <laughs> would have got promoted anyway but you wonder where how psychologically the team would have coped with that if we'd lost that game against Forest. Yeah, like Jordan said, we were on a bit of a, a dodgy run at that point, and I think they needed something to try and get back into their groove, and Michael Kitely steps up and, and, and does that for us. Um, I was looking at some of the goals on the old YouTube highlights of what you can find. Forrest at home in that 5-1, just a lovely curling shot from like the right-hand corner of the box. We talk, we'll, we'll talk about the Premier League bits in a bit, but he seems to score some really good goals in that last bit of the Premier League. Villa at home, we talked about Bolton at home as well. We lost 3-2. I think he scored yeah. the first goal before half-time. And he did the same again. It was very similar to the one for Forrest at home where he kind of seemed to curl it in from the 
the right hand side. Um, so let's just talk initially about his his career at Wolves. Obviously, initially joined from Grey's Athletic on loan in 2016, and then joined permanently in January 2017. But the odd thing about Kitely is my memory of this of Kitely's run in the Championship. I thought it was always consistent, and when you do some research, you realise it was actually quite blighty with injuries during his time at Wolves. But even in the Championship days. His most consistent run came in the 08-09 promotion season where he made 41 appearances and scored eight goals. And even then, he got injured. Do you remember him being injured that much in that early time? I think I don't know whether it's just passed me by. But I always thought he was always playing, but he, I didn't realise he'd been injured that much. No, I'd, to be honest with you, I thought it was the injury sort of kicked in once we'd gone up into the Premier League and I thought it was that hard luck story. I can't really remember him missing too much in that championship season but like I say, maybe I was wrong. Um, the weird thing is for me, and again, I'm not sure what I can speak for every Wolves fan at this point, but if you go back to that 08-09 team, like for me, Kitely was a better player than Jarvis um, and it's such a shame that the injuries cropped him when they did because, I mean, Jarvis you know what a fantastic player he was for Wolves and not taking anything away from him or discrediting him but I thought that 08-09 team look they were both as good as each other you know they're both fantastic but I I'd, I'd, I preferred Kitely to Jarvis in that season um, and it's just it is such a shame really with the injuries and stuff and how it sort of ended which I know we'll come on to that it sort of tarnished that a little bit but in the championship season yeah, I thought it was unplayable like genuinely he was phenomenal and that Forest game, and we, you know, we won five one at home. He was as good as anything I've seen really down there. And I know that's strange to see because now we're watching Adama run rings around people. But you know, Kitely was on his day. He was just as explosive. I know at a lesser level, but he was still as explosive and exciting as anyone else really for me. Andy, Kitely or Kitely or Jarvis? If if I had to put money on it at that point, who was going to play for England? It would have been Kitely. Mm. There was a reason that Sir Alex Ferguson was looking at him when he was playing at Greys. He was a good, good mm. player. And I mean, don't get me wrong, Jarvis was obviously a good player as well, but Kitely seemed to be a step ahead. Whereas Jarvis was more about the speed. I think Kitely had a bit more about him. In a, it was a bit more of a technical player. Obviously, I know Jarvis progressed, but he had a lot more game time to progress than, than Kitely went on to. So for me, it would have been Kitely, but those injuries just, they wrecked his career mm. for, for us. And for when he moved on as well, he never quite found his, uh, his feet anywhere after um, that championship season. Yeah, talking about those injuries, he, he, he's, since leaving Wolves, and obviously his football career coming to an end, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit as well, he's spoken about how he felt like he had depression during his injury spells at Wolves and he felt like he may n- never play again. In one interview, he described at how one point he had chronic tendinitis in his knees and had to walk down the stairs sideways. And that's oh. incredible. When we talk about in the Premier League, obviously he most, missed most of the Premier League action uh, initially with, with injury and then eventually when he seemed to get some kind of fitness, he went on loan to Watford in 2011, stayed there until January 2012 and then came back and had a, a, a decent sustained run at Wolves in that kind of relegation season in the Premier League, but despite all that, he joined Stoke in the summer of 2012 uh, for a fee. Now, gents, what I'm going to ask about this, and I've got a quote from Kitely, which I'll read out as well afterwards. Um, how do we perceive that now with time gone on? Because at the time, most fans probably felt that Kitely was a bit of a Judas, 
for leaving. We perhaps, you know, we kept him going, kept him back to full fitness. He gets in a run of form, and then all of a sudden he joins Stoke and goes back to the Premier League. Do we perhaps still feel that way, or was it the case of a player found their fitness and thought, "Will I be able to play in the Premier League again? I'm going to take my opportunity." I've listened to his interview again today that he did on the Old Gold Club, um, and it, it seems like it was a case of not that he wanted to go, but that he felt he had to go. Um, obviously, footballers don't have the, the longest of careers; they've got to take the opportunities that are presented to them. The club never offered him a new contract in order to, to try and keep him to stay. They accepted the three million pounds. Obviously, Solbakken came in and by all accounts, he said that he got on with him, but he never felt that he was going to be part of his team. So I don't really blame him for leaving. I think the thing that got to most fans, and I was looking earlier on on, um, on, on the internet, that it was the 25th of June, uh, July sorry, where he said that he was raring to go to get back into a wolf shirt. And then by the 8th of August, he'd signed for Stoke. It was two weeks. It was all it was from, can't wait to get into this to see you. And that, I think, is what really got on most fans' mm. nerves. Jordan, how, how do you feel now with time going on? Do you still feel like perhaps he, he shouldn't have left or that perhaps for him it was the right thing to do? Um, I think time's a healer, really, with it all. And um, So when he, when he left, I was probably... Like early 20s or so. so I was probably still a bit naive I guess and a bit you know like oh fuck him he's a prick sort of thing <laughs> like to be you know what I mean sort of like you know I felt very like sort of betrayed I guess and that was a lot of you know that's a feeling of a lot of the Wolves fans at the time as well sort of we stuck by him through his injuries and he's made that comment like Andy said and he'd gone like by the time he'd even finished the article he'd gone um, but I think you never know really what goes on behind closed doors, do you? And that's, you know, I think as I'm getting old, I'm getting a bit wiser to that as well. So I think that he, he probably did mean it, you know, when, that that comment on when the 25th of July, he probably said that with every right intention. Ultimately, football's a business and we've been offered three million pounds for a player who really struggling with his fitness, used to be un, unplayable on his day, but he had regressed with these injuries um, and yeah, Kylie still, you know, thought he he didn't have a fair crack of the whip in the Premier League, and Stoke gave him a, the chance to do that. And I don't really think you can begrudge him. And being honest with you now, now looking back at it, at the time, uh, yeah, I, I was I was probably part of the Judas Club as well. Like I, it really, it did really rankle with me. But I think times a healer, and actually listening to how he articulates why, you know, how it happened now and stuff. You sort of get it to a point. So, yeah, I think that's long gone now. I do think that that's, that stigma sort of left now. I think that's the episode title, isn't it? Fuck him, he's a prick. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't tag him as well, because <laughs> I do actually love Michael Kitely. <laughs> yeah. So, if he does listen to this, I'm really sorry. I um, love you now. <laughs> just going on to what Andy said about um, what he said in the old gold club, that the quote I've got here... Uh, and just bear me, with me on this one. He says, uh, I loved Wolves and never wanted to leave, but the chairman brought in Stolasol Backham. He was a really nice guy and I got on well with him, but he just had a different look on what he wanted to do with the club, players he wanted to bring in and the way he wanted to play, and I just felt for me that wasn't going to work. I had a year left on my contract and I had a good six to eight months before that. 
had a little bit of interest from Stoke and West Ham. I didn't want to go, and if Wolves turned around to me and said, we don't want you to go, we want you to stay, and here's a contract, I think I'd, I'd have stayed. But they didn't do that, although I didn't feel pushed. I didn't feel they were too bothered about losing me. They paid 250000 for me at, from Grey's Athletic. I've been injured for 18 months or two seasons, really, and I think they got £2 million from Stoke for me. That's the only club I've ever left that I've cried. I love that club. Loved that club. Uh, but, yeah, I feel so- Yeah, do you feel sorry now, Jordan? All that. Puts his heart out, and you, yeah. at that time you said he was a prick. <laughs> Yeah, of course I do. Yeah, but like I say, like I'm, I'm grown up a bit now, and I'm, I'm more of a, I've grown into a man now. So I sort of, I get it now more so than what I did at the time. Um, yeah, like and you know, you hear people, you know, I've, I've listened to that interview and I've read stuff, and you get it, don't you? You understand it, and I think that the thing with Michael Kiley in a Wolves shirt and how he should be remembered was that championship season because he was that great. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Like. Again, I'm using that word again, but he was—he was really, you know, fantastic. And um, like I say, it, it sort of let with it, the move when how he left and stuff. It did leave a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sour taste. But I think, like I say, times are healer. And when he's actually been able to come out and talk about it officially and say what had happened and feel like he can get it off his chest, then you understand it. And I think that he scored against Wolves, didn't he? When he went to Burton Albion, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and he come over and apologised to the fans. And I do think, like. And I do think, like at that point, he, um, he sort of won a few fans back over, sort of thing. And yeah, by all means, I think that yeah, like I say, time's a healer, and um, all's forgiven, Michael Kiley. Hey, it's David here. Now, I know you. You love a bloody good website, don't you? Look, come on, you do. You like a good website. If you're on your phone, you're on your computer thinking, I want to see a bloody good website. I'm going to go find one right now. If you want a bloody good website and you want one for yourself, for your business, why don't you go check out our sponsors, pixelyetimedia.com. They don't just do websites, of course. They do loads of different things for your marketing needs, such as design, work, and brochures. And they do our website as well, wallsfancast.com. It's a really good design. We really appreciate all the work over at the guys at pixelyetimedia.com. So, again, you're looking at some websites, you're thinking, oh, I really want a website that looks that good just for me and my business. Why don't you go check them out right now at pixelyetimedia.com. Dot com. Post Wolves career, then uh, for Cartley, obviously joined Stoke uh, for about uh, two or three years, and after that, he had a, a bit of a longer stint at Burnley, mixing it up in the Premier League and the Championship. And then also went on loan to Burton Albion, uh, Albion as well. Uh, Cartley finished off his career back to where it all started for him at Southend, where he made 60 appearances and seven goals. But then in 2019, he retired from football. Gents, uh, I want to go on to any kind of stories or tidbits or anecdotes or any fun facts you may have found about Cartley. Has anybody got any uh, of those in their locker at all? Silences everything. <laughs> I, I did find one, and for the life of me, I don't know where I've saved it. Uh, Jordan, any your own stories or memories of Kylie while Andy searches the archives? All right. 
No, you know what? I know this was our homework. I couldn't find anything. And I don't want to say he was bland or anything because I'm not saying that at all, but I couldn't find anything. Usually, every footballer's a bit of dirt and there is a funny story. I can't find anything about Michael Cotton. He was off the grid. He was off grid. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I did love him that much, though. I'll, I'll tell you a story about him personally. I loved him that much. So, um, as a player, not, not you know, physically. Um, <laughs> just to get that in as well. Um, no, but I... Um, so, when I was playing football, I sort of... I played on the wing and stuff. So, I sort of measured and sort of tried to emulate him a little bit. And I was been about, what, 14, 15... Um, I even went to the the effort of um, in Wombourne, there was a sports shop, IJP Sports. My dad's good owners with him. Um, and he managed to get me from Puma directly, the um, the actual Michael Cotley boots, the ones he scored, the ones he wore against Forest when he scored the winner. Oh, wow. So these black Puma Kings with like an orange, orange Puma. And like, honestly, they were like limited editions. And yeah, I even went as far as getting the same boots as Michael Cotley. That's how much it hurt Dave when he left the ride. So I can say he was a prick. Have you still got those boots? Yeah, we'll have at home, you know, yeah. So, yeah, by all means, if he wants to sign them, fantastic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go miss, but don't tell him I called him a prick. I just hoped after all that, <laughs> I just hoped after all that you hadn't given them away. I, I always remember this story. No, I kept them. I've Absolutely, got, no, still kept them. I've got this story from my sister's uh, fiancé who I always, like, every time I think of it, I think, how the hell do you, why the hell did you do that? As a kid, he <laughs> went to um, SummerSlam 92, I think the one that was at Wembley, and um, Bret Hart threw his iconic glasses into the crowd, and he caught them. So you're thinking, wow, that's great. Uh, two years later, as a kid, he traded them to his friend for a Meccano set. Oh, and, I'm God, thinking, God. and when he told me that, I was like, what? <laughs> Just how much are they even worth now? The, you know, the actual ones he wore. Um, have you, I've got a couple of things, Andy. Have you got your thing? As Jordan said, he, he wasn't really the most controversial of people. So finding stories about him, few and far between from, from you know, a quick Google search. Off yeah, not, not bland, but yeah, he never really... He never disgraced the club, which, no. to be honest, in, when we went on to sign players like Johnson and O'Hara, that's something to be proud of, <laughs> I think. I've got a question for you both. Do you, reckon Kitely, do you reckon Kitely would have stuck to the coronavirus uh, isolation? Or do you think he might have gone to a, a tarry party like someone else? <laughs> Is he yes or no answer? I think he would set up a, like a, he'd get like a, get an umbrella fashion it into some kind of skirt and he'd almost like be a coronavirus uh, barrier around him constantly so everywhere he walks people are always two meters in front of uh, around him yeah. yeah i think he'd be like driving down the pen road like chucking pp out his window that's michael quite that. that, that's what i think he'd have been doing so he'd be like home yeah. in the simpsons where he becomes the safety manager just going around people going stay safe or you yeah. Stay safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a couple. I've got a couple of things on my end. So, the first little bit is I'm convinced that he was once like um, you know with like generic highlight football highlight programs, and you'll get like clips of footballers in like a generic, you know, all red or all blue kit, just kicking the ball or doing a volley. I'm convinced he is part of one of those on a program once. It was probably five or six in the morning. I was getting up to do a Saturday job, put the telly on. And there was like a highlights package maybe for like, you know, I don't know, the Bundesliga or something. And they had one of these intros. And I was like, that's Michael Kitely. 
I'm sure that's Michael Kiley, and I cannot find that package this day. Anyway, that's the one bit. The other bit is a story that's got Kiley in it about me, but Kiley's part of the story. All right, so hear me out on this. So back at uni days, I was at Wolves Uni last year, third year. Um, and a friend of mine, she worked in the, the corporate bit of Molyneux where um, she was a waitress. So she got to know some of the players, obviously, over her time at, at Wolves. And then one day she said to me that she was going to uh, the club shop because I don't remember when they used to do those calendars of the, the players where they used to like do model shoots and they used to be topless and that. And you could you raise money for charity if you bought one of the calendars. We all had one, obviously, didn't we? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she said to me, "Oh, I'm going. I'm getting one of these calendars. They're doing a signing. I feel like a, a bit of an idiot if I, I'm getting two, but I feel like a bit of an idiot if I get another one. Will you come and just buy one?" And I was like, "All right, okay, yeah, whatever, okay." So I get there, and there's like a massive queue for this signing, and I've realised very quickly that I'm literally the only guy in the queue. <laughs> so I'm like, "Right, okay." So I get in the queue. I think we're near the queue, near the top of the queue, and I say to my friend, "Oh, you know what? What name do you want me to?" Put for all this thing, thinking, you know, it would be what you know, she can make it out to one of her friends, and I can say, Can you sign up for this one? So, oh, you know, say it's for Billy. And I'm thinking, That could be a boy's name as well, couldn't it? <laughs> uh, so, we get in the queue, and Kitely's one of the players who is signing the um, the, the calendar. So, I get to Kitely, and he kind of gives me this look of, Should you be here doing this? <laughs> uh, so, I say, and I'm thinking, Oh, this isn't going well. So, I kind of say to him, Oh, you know, can you make it out to Billy? And he he gives me that look of, is this for you? And I'm just thinking, just just get him to sign it. Just get out, get out, get out. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my story, Kylie. Giving me that look of, should you be buying this calendar? And should I be signing it potentially for you? Happy days. Happy uni days. Uh, right, gentlemen, we've been talking about Michael Kylie and his time at Wolves and his induction into the Fancast Hall of Fame. The final question to put out to you, gents. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you first. Would Michael Kitely fit in a peak Michael Kitely fit into today's squad? In today's squad, probably not. But I think if he'd have joined the team when Nuno first joined the team, I could see him possibly getting some games. I could see Nuno working with him and improving him as a player. Um, I think if you picked him up and put him in the team now, probably wouldn't happen for him. Jordan? Where are you going on, Pete Kitely, under Nuno? Um, remember, oh. remember, you, you love him again now. No, I know. I'm just thinking sort of, I mean, I had this, when I did the one, the other, you know, when I, I did the overall, the alternative Hall of Fame and Ben blasted me for saying yes. Um, so I'm thinking about Ben. <laughs> Ben's like just shooting me down. Um, I think that, a peak Michael Kitely under the Nuno coaching could make or probably could get into a match day squad. Um, he's obviously, yeah, you know, the the one to 11s, the, you know, we, we, we run out of superlatives for this team at the minute. Um, I could, you know, if we're playing 3 4 3, he, he, he wouldn't be a bad option, would he, really? Oh, that, you know, especially that version of Michael Kitely. Uh, from 0809, I mean, he's not going to get in over a Dharma right any day of the week, is he? But um, yeah, you know, he, on his day, like I say, he was he was a fantastic player. And I think that it's hard it's hard to do this sort of stuff because Nuno's made a lot of players a lot better. You know what I mean? So Doherty and Cody are you know 
streets ahead of what they were when they first joined the club. So I think Kitely had enough potential and enough ups, you know, sort of like, yeah, he had, enough, he had enough potential, I guess, to be whatever he wanted to be. And again, the injuries is really what crippled him because it'd have been interesting, you know, if he went through his career injury-free, I think he would have played for England and he probably would have outgrown Wolves and rather than leaving us for Stoke, like you say, Fergie was sniffing, I think he could have played at a higher, like in mid, mid to, well, probably where Wolves are now, really, back in the, you know, sort of that seventh to tenth in the Premier League. So I'm going to say, Dave, Yes, Michael <laughs> Kitely, always forgiven with your PPE on the pen road. Um, you would get in an 18-man matchday squad. And then now you just fear Ben's reply. Yeah, ben, yeah ben, ben in the group just saying what you're talking about or whatever, yeah. <laughs> okay, gents, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Uh, so that's Michael Kitely, the seventh inductee into the Wolves Fancast Alternative Hall of Fame. You can listen to our, all our other inductees that are on the uh, the podcast archives, ACAS, iTunes, Spotify. You can find us there. And if you've got your own suggestion for an Alternative Hall of Fame, let us know podcast at wolvesfancast.com or ch- uh, send a message on social media, type in Wolves Fancast. You will find us there. Uh, gentlemen, thank you again. Hope you're doing well and safe in the lockdown. And until next time. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.00% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash CD specials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC.